On this episode of Narcissist Apocalypse Q&A, we discuss the six types of maternal narcissism, the three experienced types of daughters with narcissistic mothers, and common phrases narcissistic mothers say and why. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse Q&A, everyone. I am Brandon Chadwick, and today our episode is about narcissistic mothers. And most of our family episodes that we do are about mothers. So today we'll be discussing the signs of narcissistic mothers, the six types of maternal narcissism, and three types of childhood experiences for daughters of narcissistic mothers. And we'll also be discussing things that narcissistic mothers say and what they actually mean. But before we begin, if you want to be a guest on our Survivor Story episodes, please do go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com. At the top of the page, there is a button there that says guest form. So if you click on that button, it takes you to our very own guest form page. Please read all of the instructions while you are there. And either send us an email at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com or fill out our submission form on that page and press the submit button. And also, if you want to help support our show a little bit, please leave us a nice glowing five-star review on whatever podcast service you use. It helps out the show a lot when it comes to rankings and to just be found by other people in need of hearing our show and getting validation and support. So please do that. It helps us out a lot. And I guess before we begin... Uh, This episode is for all of the children of narcissists out there who grew up in these homes. And specifically today, we're going to be discussing narcissistic mothers. So people who listen to our show, um, people who are children who are listening to our show, you might listen to our show because you believe that love is conditional. Because your mother only provided you with love and approval if you did what she wanted. And some people might be listening to our show today because you might believe that you must abide by a set of rules to belong. And some of you might be listening to our show because you are feeling valued for how you're perceived and not for who you are. Because your mother was overly concerned about your appearance or your achievements and how they reflect back on her. So that's why you might be listening to the show today. Others might be listening to the show today because you might accept verbal abuse and manipulation in relationships because you learned that the only way to achieve love was to live up to your mom's standards, to make someone else happy over your own happiness and your own needs. 
some of you might be listening to our show today because you might not think you're good enough because as a child you were put down. You were blamed for everything, even though that wasn't true. So you have this unstable sense of identity, low self-esteem, where you start to believe that you really aren't good enough for anything or anyone. And then some of you might listen to our show because you've become people pleasers. You are constantly striving to meet the needs of your mother. And as an adult, you start to neglect your own needs and relationships, or you might consider yourself a burden to others. And then some of you might listen to the show because you have an insecure attachment style. You can be avoidant or you can be anxious. You might be shutting people out of your life or you might be anxious and and chasing a specific type of love. You're chasing a connection that you never got, that you always wanted. So today, for all of you people who are fitting into all of these categories, you might be fitting into one or two or three. I don't know how many you might be fitting into, but I hope that... Uh, You take a lot from this episode, and a lot of stuff in this episode is about the the type of mom you might have, but also how um, you yourself might have responded to to your mom, and you'll see yourself in, in a lot of these scenarios, and hopefully it will be helpful in understanding where you came from and how you were shaped. And hopefully that gives you some clarity and validation and hopefully maybe a starting point to uh, make your life uh, better. And before I get into everything, one last thing here is that there will be a lot of crossover in this episode when, when talking about certain subjects. So you might be hearing depending on the section, uh, things that might have been mentioned in, in earlier sections. So please don't get annoyed with me. Um, but that's kind of how uh, I laid out this episode. So there will be a little bit of, of crossover. So let's start off with uh, signs or behaviors, um, traits and behaviors that your mother uh, was or is narcissistic. And some of the things on this list are more for when you're in childhood, and some of them can also apply to uh, when you are an adult child of a narcissistic uh, mother or narcissistic parent. So number one on our list is treating a child as an extension of herself. So this means that you're not your own person. There's no autonomy going on here. You're seen as your mother's trophy. Everything that you do is seen as a reflection of her. So she wants you to do the things that she wants you to do. She'll probably nitpick at you for all of those things at the same time. But if you try to do something that doesn't align with her, she'll probably shoot you down. And also, you don't really have any sort of boundaries when you're an extension of someone else because they aren't really seeing you as your own person. And number two on the list is your mother lacks empathy or seems to turn empathy on and off. So most parents are attuned to their child's needs, their likes, their dislikes, and their pain. However, Research shows that children of parents with narcissistic personality disorder 
tend to report that their parents lack empathy and show limited interest in their emotional needs. Up next on our list is playing children against each other. And this is in the classic narcissistic family dynamic when a narcissistic mother elects a golden child who can do no wrong and then they get a scapegoat who is blamed for everything. And then the narcissistic mother does this to keep everyone in their place. So she teaches them that they need to work for her attention or that they don't deserve it at all. Another sign or behavior that you have a narcissistic mother is that she competes with you. So narcissistic mothers often compete with their children, particularly their daughters. Uh, They may resent their youth, their beauty, their success, and as a result, they may either criticize their children for being too vain or too stupid or selfish, or they then might try to sabotage them in some way. So next on our list is gaslighting, and this is when your reality or sense of reality is being taken away from you, and your parent is screwing around with it, uh, so you no longer trust yourself, and then you become dependent on your mother's version of reality, and that's a really classic element of narcissistic abuse in relationship and in family. Uh, as a child, you don't expect your loved ones, especially your mother, to do something that's so insidious. And this really is insidious to do this to a child. Uh, so they have no concept of what reality is. It's like their own little twilight zone that screws with a child's sense of reality and trust of the outside world as well. It's really, really damaging. And another one on our list is that the narcissistic mom only treats you well in public. And the mom might act like two completely different people when no one is looking. They might be cruel, dismissive, detached, but out in public, they might be showing you off, bragging about your accomplishments, acting lovingly towards you when you're like, what the heck is going on? That's not normal behind closed doors. My mom is really mean to me. Sometimes they can be physically abusive, but they put on this public persona and it is for them to kind of shine in in public and they actually don't have concern for your actual needs. They just want to uphold this image outside of the home of being this perfect parent. And the last one on our list is that your mom is always playing the victim, that your mom is always misunderstood and that is someone has always wronged your mom. And that could be someone in your family that has wronged your mom, someone at work that has wronged your mom, one of her friends that has wronged your mom, someone at church or whatever uh, religious establishment that you go to has wronged your mom. And one day it could be you who wronged your mom, but your mom, if she is always saying that she is wrong, it's a big um, trait or behavior of someone who could be narcissistic. So while doing the show, I've come across so many different people's experiences of narcissistic mothers, how they were treated and how they felt afterward. Not everyone is going to have the same reaction to the same mother. Everyone is different. So 
we're going to go into now the different type of narcissistic mothers that, that, that are out there. And then also we're going to have the different type of experiences that people might have gone through as well. So maybe feel a bit more understood that, hey, that was my type of mom right there. And then, hey, that's how I felt after the fact um, when going through my experience. So I don't know if everyone knows who Dr. Carol McBride is, but she wrote the book called Will I Ever Be Good Enough? If you have not read that book, it is a fantastic book. If you are a daughter of a narcissistic mother, I implore you to reach out to Amazon or wherever you buy your books, purchase that book. It's a fantastic uh, book. And Dr. Carol McBride says that there are six faces of maternal narcissism. And one of these six is someone you probably recognize if you grew up with a narcissistic mother. And the six types are the flamboyant extrovert, the accomplishment-oriented, the psychosomatic, the addicted, the secretly mean, and the emotionally needy. So I'm going to describe Carol McBride's six right now. Maybe you'll resonate with one of these six and feel a little bit less alone or maybe some be a little bit more understood. So number one on our list is the flamboyant extrovert. And this mom is someone who's just charismatic, is an entertainer, uh, loved by the outside world. She's showy. She's flashy. She's fun. People love her. And you are more like a prop in that world. Uh, at home, she's not the same type of person. She's, uh, there could be all types of abuse going on. But to the outside world, she's just this very charismatic uh, person and this really showy person. And you know that she's not like that at home. Uh, the thing about the flamboyant extrovert is... They don't care to be seen as a good parent. Um, and it's just really all about them and their appearance and and showing off. This one has nothing to do with showing off as being a good parent at all. It's more about showing off themselves and being this flashy, charismatic, entertaining type of person. And number two on the list is the accomplish-oriented. So the accomplish-oriented mom is one of those moms who wants you to achieve. They want you to have success, and your success is always depending on what you do, not who you are. So you have to have the best grades. You have to go to the best colleges. You have to have the best degrees. And if you don't accomplish these things, then you might have a really big problem. Your mom will be very embarrassed of you and will most likely respond with anger, rage, etc., etc. And after that, Dr. Carol McBride has the psychosomatic mother. So what is a psychosomatic mother? Well, that's a mother that uses illnesses to get love from people. And this person can have a real illness or they could have some fake illnesses. So they could have pains or anything that they can think of to uh, have an illness to manipulate other people to get the attention that they want on themselves. They love attention and their way of getting it is through illness. So they'll keep this going as long as they can. So people will take care of them. 
up next on the list, we have The Addicted. And this is one that we don't really cover that much on the show because it's a lot of the time, you know, it's the addiction that is causing the the narcissism. So we tend to not uh, do these ones specifically on the show because it's the addiction that is bringing out the narcissism in, in the parents because not all addicts are a narcissist when you take the drugs away. But for Carol McBride and her list, this actually does qualify because while addicts are an active addiction, they are narcissists because they want their drugs, they want their alcohol over their child. They're putting the drugs and the alcohol ahead of their children. They're putting their own needs first and that addiction is running them and their own pain is running them and they're putting themselves ahead of everyone else. And you can see how this can uh, really damage a child going forward. Up Next, after that, we have The Secretly Mean, and this, as I explained, is a little bit different from The Flamboyant Extrovert. You might think that they're very similar because they are, but The Secretly Mean Mother does this because they don't want other people to know how abusive they are to their children. So they will have a public self and a private self, which are completely different from each other. This mother can be very loving in public to the children to make it look like she's this really loving, loving, loving mom. But in reality, behind closed doors, she's unpredictable. She's putting the children down. She might be physically abusive to the children. She's nitpicking at them and raging at them. So this is all facade. She's this great mom to the outside world. She's this like really good mom. She might even be a PTA mom in some sort of ways, but she's really showing the outside world that she is the super mom. But to the inside world, to behind closed doors, she's actually a terrible human being who's taking out um, all these abuses on her children. And the last one on the list from Dr. Carol McBride is the emotionally needy. And as Dr. Carol McBride says, all narcissistic mothers are emotionally needy, but this mother shows the characteristic more openly than others because this one just needs to have their emotions completely taken care of. And that's not good for the child. The roles are completely reversed. It's more of a parentification in that sense where the child is now caretaking the mother's emotional needs over their own. The mother is most likely not um, reciprocating that at all. This becomes very people-pleasing. It's a lot of enmeshment right here. And this is just not a great way for a child to be raised in any sort of way. And going forward, it, they, become, they can become very big caretakers uh, going on and neglecting their own needs as they get into uh, romantic relationships. So Dr. Carol McBride characterized those six narcissistic mother types. But there was this study done in Finland with adult daughters of narcissistic mothers, and they determined that there were three different types of childhoods that occurred from those types of mothers. And there was something called the incompetent childhood. There was something called the isolated childhood. And there was something called the denied childhood. So number one on our list 
is called The Incompetent Childhood. And this childhood is characterized by three things. It's characterized by nullification. It is characterized by a display of power. And it's characterized by shame. So under nullification, the daughter is never appreciated. She is never shown gratitude. She's never received support or encouragement. The daughter unconsciously gives up their own important goals, education, marriage, children. The mother is always right here because the mother makes no mistakes. And the daughter is always wrong because only the daughter can make mistakes. The daughter's own activities, norms, and values are dismissed by the mother's being stupid, worthless, and unproductive. Meeting the mother's needs and activities, norms, and values are satisfying in the short term, but do not contribute to the daughter's self-esteem, and the daughter is still not good enough. The daughter's own hopes and wishes are not tolerated and are always subordinate to the mother's hopes and wishes. And the daughter increasingly sees herself as an extension of the mother, and the mother already sees the daughter as an extension of herself. And the second characterization in the incompetent childhood is a display of power. And that is when the mother decides what is and what is not allowed. The daughter is always wrong whether she follows the instructions or not. The daughter is constantly confronted with expressions of dissatisfaction. Uh, The mother humiliates the daughter in front of others. The mother cannot regulate her own behavior and is therefore erratic and unpredictable. The mother's display of power rises to the level of cruelty, such as knowing something is very important to the daughter and then destroying it or ruining it. The mother does not set boundaries and the daughter has no safe place because the mother is not stable, not reliable, and the daughter never knows what to expect. And the third thing here as characterized by an incompetent, child, an incompetent childhood is shame. So this is the result of the display of power and nullification. The daughter's identity is based on inferiority, weakness, worthlessness, ineffectiveness, and imperfection. The daughter views her life as a life of service and suffering. So women who have experienced this type of childhood mainly feel, even though that they are adults now, inferior and worthless. And uh, next on this list is the isolated childhood. And this childhood is characterized by three things as well. Dependency, blame, and envy, and the creation of a facade. So under dependency, the mother restricts and checks the daughter's contacts, including friends. The mother sees other people as competition. The mother needs the daughter to provide for her needs. That is the only purpose the daughter serves. All the attention and energy in the household is drawn to the mother. The mother's presence is inescapable, unmistakable, and memorable because of the attention-seeking behavior. The mother tries to turn the daughter against the father because he is also a competitor. The daughter should not pursue romantic interests. The daughter is not allowed to tell anyone about the level of control the mother has. And secrecy is very important in this dynamic. 
the next characterization in this isolated childhood is blame. So the mother blames the daughter for everything, including her own shortcomings without any reason or without any logic. So uh, within this process, the daughter will become distrustful of the mother, but she'll also become distrustful of others too. She'll become suspicious of other people because she's always being manipulated. And that's part of being in the isolated childhood. And also this childhood is characterized by envy and the creation of, of a facade. So everything in the house must be perfect. Uh, when the daughter is complimented for her behavior, the mother immediately has to take credit and appears to be caring and sensitive. Uh, the daughter should not be happy unless that happiness is related to the mother, makes the mom look better, makes the mother happy. And the daughter in this case feels guilty when she is happy when the mother is not even around. So women who have experienced this type of childhood uh, become really focused on their mother and they are distrustful and distant towards other people and are just very alert and really hypervigilant. And number three on this list, the third one on this list is called the denied childhood. And you might resonate with this one. And the denied childhood is characterized by three things, violence, threat, and rejection. Under violence, that is done to punish the daughter. Uh, under threat, that is when the daughter is walking on eggshells and keeping the mom from getting angry. There's constant anxiety. The, the daughter is not only scared, but she's also trying to secure her own safety. And the daughter is unconsciously careful in everything. They're in constant terror. They're in constant fear. And then the third thing that is characterized in this is rejection. So there's no basic safety. The daughter is forgotten, ignored, left alone. The mother does not protect the daughter against others and allows others to mistreat the daughter unless, and it's a big capital, unless it harms the mother. Then she becomes protective. So women who have experienced this type of childhood mainly feel, uh, when they become adults, they mainly feel insecure and are often very, very, very anxious. So we've already covered what a narcissistic mother might look like. We have all these six different types. We've already discussed how you might have reacted to your narcissistic mother and the type of person you might have become in response to that as well. And now we're just going to kind of go over some things a narcissistic mother might say and why they actually say it. So a lot of these might cross over with romantic relationships uh, as well. So you might hear them in those relationships too. But number one on our list is we have you're just too sensitive. And a narcissistic mother might say that because they don't want to be held accountable for the hurt you feel from the comments that they make. And they're trying to imply that something is wrong with you rather than it, it being something hurtful about the comment that they said. Uh, number two on the list is pretty self-explanatory. Uh, I never said that is something that they might say. It's a form of uh, gaslighting. They don't want to be held accountable for the hurt that they cause, and they will deny that they ever said it. Uh, number three on our list is, I'm only trying to help. 
and a narcissistic mother might say that so they can criticize you um, and then undermine you and, and overstep their boundaries. Uh, but if you don't experience their actions as being helpful, it then becomes your fault. So this gives them like a real big free pass to act on maybe your um, reaction to them quote unquote, trying to help, maybe it might be a hostile action and then start attributing blame to you in the process at the same time. I hope that uh, makes sense. Uh, the next one on our list is this is for your own good. And this just means I know what you need better than you do. And this is really a lack of autonomy uh, going on a real extension of yourself type of comment. Um, and it's very dehumanizing and they're trying to pass it off as being helpful, but they're really not seeing you as a human being here at all. Uh, next up on our list is I was just joking, which we hear a lot in romantic relationships. Uh, so if you were feeling mocked by them. They try to bear zero responsibility so they can say whatever they want to you um, and, and, and get away with it. And the next one on our list is, I'm sure you don't mean that. And what happens sometimes is you might say something to your parent where you're actually verbalizing um, maybe your anger at them and you might actually lash out back at them for something that you might have uh, said. And what they're doing when they say, I'm sure you don't mean that, is they're invalidating your response. You're invalidating your uh, feelings when you actually are expressing yourself to them and it, they're trying to put it to a halt right there. And it's really meant to say like, what you said is of no interest to me. And it, it's just really hurtful. And the next one on our list is, is there something going on with you? And you might hear a narcissistic mother say that when responding back, reacting back to something they said, you might be doing it with some um, anger. You might be doing it uh, a little louder than you did before. You might just be. You might not even be doing it louder or being doing it in an angry way. You might just be expressing how you're feeling, and by them saying, "Is there something going on with you?" They are just refusing to accept uh, the legitimacy of what you are in, or what you're actually saying, and then they are like turning it back on you as if something is wrong with you and being concerned about it which can be infuriating in lots of ways. It's gaslighting in lots of ways, depending on where you are in the relationship with them, where maybe you do start thinking something is actually going on with me, something is wrong with me. There's so many things going on with that statement. Is there something going on with you? And if you had to deal with that one, I'm, I sincerely apologize. Uh, it's terrible. Because um, there's so many things wrapped up into that one little line right there. And then the last one on our list is, I'm sorry you took it that way. And again, this is one of those things where they're just absolving themselves of responsibility. They're taking zero responsibility in this uh, equation. They're completely dismissing 
your feelings at all and they're showing zero respect for you, your feelings and whatever type of relationship you have. So I'm sorry you took it that way. It's just a horrible thing that a narcissistic mother uh, says. And I'm sorry if you experienced all of these things that were on this list. And I hope that this episode was helpful for a lot of you today and validating for a lot of you. And uh, that is it for our show today. So if you want to be a guest on our Survivor Story episodes, please do go to NarcissistApocalypse.com. Top of the page, there's a button that says Guest Form. When you click on that button, it takes you to our very own Guest Form page. And there you can read all of our instructions and please do read all of the instructions on our guest form page and then either send us an email at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com or uh, fill out our submit our, our submission form and plus press the submit button. I've been talking a long time to get, I've been talking a long time today, so please bear with me. And also at our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com, there is our very own safe social network. At the top of the page, there's the button that says support group. When you click on that button, it takes you to our support group page. We have episodes and we have Zoom meetings there every Wednesday night, Saturday night, and Thursday afternoon. We have Zoom meetings. Oh, God. We have forum boards for you to post on and for our support group members to answer you at all hours of the day. We have we have forum boards on there with our We have forum boards, we have episodes that never made it to air, and we also have ad-free episodes as well. And if you just want to support our show, please do join our support group today. And if you need even more support, please do visit our friends at domesticshelters.org. So if you are someone you know are experiencing abuse, please do visit our friends at domesticshelters.org because they have articles and resources that can help you make sense of what you are dealing with. They have numbers to shelters and abuse agencies, all their websites as well. So please do visit our friends at domesticshelters.org. And now that is it for today. So thank you for uh, listening and I hope you have a good night.